and welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Rod Jones. In this series, I'll be bringing you news, views and interviews about the trends, the tactics, the techniques and the technologies of CX, contact centres and the broader BPO sector. This series is made possible by the generous support of Corby Speech Analytics. Hi, and uh, my special guest today on this edition of Rodspot is Sean Wright from the Unlimited Group down in Omschlange. Welcome, Sean. How's it, Rod? Lovely to be chatting to you this morning. Excellent, excellent. I'm looking forward to really finding out more about uh, the Unlimited, uh, the Unlimited International, and more about Sean Wright. So let's start there. How did you end up in the contact center, call center, BPO space? Um, yeah, so, so it's, I've been with the Unlimited for 16 years. So it's a, it's a lifetime, it's a lifetime journey. Um, joined this business when I was 24 years old, just completed my uh, degree in business and stepped into a, a business that is, uh, it's a sales machine. Um, they've been trading for 30 years and, um, you know, learned, came in as a, as a really young guy, really green and learned the art of sales, learned the art of marketing, um, learned the art of business development, um, learned the art of product development. I've worked in all of those spaces. Um, so essentially, you know, grew my career uh, from from a young guy uh, in this space and, and learned all the levers of a BPO. Excellent. Um, now, the Unlimited has been somewhat under the radar um, in our industry for quite a while. Yes, I know it and I've been on your site several times, etc. But in the general industry, it's a pretty much an unknown. Can you give me an idea of the Unlimited Group and its scale of operations and its area of, of specialization or expertise? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we're a 29 year old business, founded in 1994, uh, family owned business. Uh, Ian Buckin is the, the founder of the Unlimited. Um, the Unlimited essentially is a, a sales machine that sells a lot of its own product um, in the financial services space primarily through insurers like Suntum, Centrique, Guardrisk, Down. So we work with a variety of insurers within South Africa. So it started domestically. Um, we today have a book of around 600,000 customers, which we own um, in partnership with those insurers. And we service that customer book end to end. So we do the sales into that book. We do the customer services. We do the claims. We do the upsell, cross-sell, retention work on that book. It's essentially our customer. Um, and so we've grown a real skill set around the full CX value chain from the sale th through to the customer journey and, and the customer life cycle. Uh, we've been a bit under the radar at a branding level. So we've just been direct to consumer, direct sales business. Um, we have 12 call centers with about seven, 800 FTE in those call centers. And we have a big face-to-face -face direct sales business as well of just under a thousand face-to-face agents. Um, a lot of our product is in the legal space, uh, funeral space, uh, medical, we do gap cover, we do a lot of motor. So a variety of verticals within the short-term insurance mm. space. And that's where we've built a lot of our experience, um, is primarily working with those insurers in the financial services sector within South Africa uh, over the last 29 years. It's good to get that sort of background on it. I'm fascinated by the scale of the operation as well. I said, you've done well to remain under the radar. But uh, now the Unlimited International, you've been appointed as MD of that. When did that actually kick off and 
So, yeah, so about a year and a half ago, I mean, it came off the back of we've built up such experience and RP and knowledge in in sales, in customer service. I mean, we have a big our own internal customer service business. Um, the ability to cross our upsell, as I said a bit earlier, we've built up a lot of the technology, the resourcing, um, the agent capacity, um, and the feeling at a group level was, let's take that globally. Um, let's offer ourselves up as a as a BPO to sell other uh, corporate companies that that skill set. Um, so about a year and a half ago, we've set up the Unlimited International. Um, I've set up a team. Uh, we've taken some of our best people in the South African business. Uh, we've also brought in some experts from the BPO industry, from other BPO players. Mm -hmm. And we've set ourselves up to be able to take that offering abroad and essentially offer ourselves as a BPO with 30 years domestic experience. Um, and, and for various reasons, obviously there's you know, there's growth aspirations that the group has, you know, so that because the market is only so big, the economy is, is only growing at such a rate. And so we've got massive growth aspirations and, and it just made sense to, to take that offshore. Obviously there's foreign currency, which is a massive you know, advantage as well. So it just felt like the right time to take Ooh. that offering yeah. offshore. Yeah. And, and your source markets, you know, are you chasing the traditional UK, US, Australian, yeah, so I think, look, to, to kick off, we first targeted the UK. We had some existing relationships into the UK, time zones um, made sense for us. So that was our first market. Uh, next year, looking to move into the US, but we're setting ourselves up to move into the US and, and Australia. So English speaking, big economies, they just tick the box for where we are now. Um, not to say though that we wouldn't expand into other territories post that, but those three markets are the three oh, the, the biggies, yeah. Uh, yeah. No names, no pactual, but have you landed some um, UK business and servicing it already? We have, we have. We've got uh, we've got a few campaigns out of the UK with some big businesses um, and yeah, going really well. I think we've learned a lot over the last year. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it, it, there, is, there is differences operating internationally versus domestically. Um, but yeah, we've learned those lessons and I think we've done remarkably well. For a, for a, Pick for up a on that. Yeah. And um, what are the nuances of doing work for a UK-based customer or client? Hmm. I what think are the headlines <laughs> on that. Yeah, I think. I mean, if it, there's a couple of themes, uh, you know, the strategic partnerships are slightly different. I think dealing with UK uh, strategic partners, they are different to dealing with domestic partners. There's, um, you know, there's cultural gaps. There's ways of doing business, you've got to learn, there's nuances, there's differences there. Um, you know, a lot of our domestic partners, they they know us, uh, there's, there's proximity, um, it's easy to build trust versus, you know, corporates in the UK, they don't know us, they don't know the country. So you've got to build, there's a different level of, of, of building trust with, with foreign, you know, with, with foreign companies. Um, at an agent level, there's definitely a difference in, a domestic agent versus an international agent. So it's upskilling ourselves to be able to provide a quality service internationally versus domestically. You know, there's language differences. We, we, a, a tough lesson was some of our really good agents domestically just don't cut it internationally. Um, and, and that's a lesson that we've learned. It's interesting. Then, what, what's yeah. driving that out of industry? Let's go down that rabbit hole. Is it, yeah. is it attitude and type of delivery? 
voice I, I delivery? Think, is it accent? Uh, what, what do yeah, you think is driving that? I think a combination. I mean, there's there's definitely accent nuances. Um, there's language nuances. I think there's cultural nuances as well. You know, uh, South African consumers are different to UK consumers mm. and US consumers in the way they engage. You know, there's 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 just different cultural dynamics that some South African agents can't adjust to and they struggle and uh, we've learned that lesson and um, yeah, that's been a tough lesson because we, I think we were in the beginning a little bit naive thinking that any high roller or any great agents in South Africa can just make that transition easily. That's interesting, yeah. Um, and, and, and they can't. So yeah, we've learned. I mean, we've learned. Uh, some can. I don't want to say they all can't. I mean, some mm. guys have done really well transitioning, but you have to be very deliberate in how you transition those agents. Um, it's not, it's not always an easy step. And I was in the UK in September, engaging at kind of a sea level with predominantly in the retail sector, but uh, there were a couple of other meetings outside of that. And what fascinated me and I think it poses a challenge is how the swing towards impact sourcing, SEG um, considerations, and how that's really come onto the radar in the last couple of years, I think. Um, one of the guys over there was telling me that in terms of decisioning for outsourcing and BPO, and it's a major retailer. They would look at, he put it into thirds, he said, a third would be pricing and the deal. A third would be essentially compliance, KPI drivers, SLAs and all of that. And a full one third into SEG and impact sourcing on the decision-making. Um, has that been your experience uh, in your engagements with prospective customers in the, essentially the UK? Because we'll talk about the differences and the nuances of the American market. Yes, I think, um, no, I think you're spot on. Um, you know, it's, it's not just, uh, the industry's definitely evolved and it's no longer just a, a price game. I think there's, there's many other considerations that, um, that companies are looking at. Uh, cultural considerations you know, you know we've obviously got a really strong culture at the unlimited we we back our values we're very very strong values based business um, with a really strong culture and you know taking obviously domestically that's that's a massive um, positive for us uh, at an agent retention level and employee retention level but talking about that culture showcasing that culture sh showcasing how we treat our agents that is is surprisingly really appealing to to foreign companies and, and the decision-making process so yeah I think I think there's we've got to be open to it's not just a cost game well, otherwise it's a race to the bottom yeah. and, and that's not and that's not what they're looking for I think we are able to provide a quality service in SA um, there's quality great quality businesses here and we need to and, and we need to showcase some of that stuff and just probe on that impact sourcing side of things. What are the kind of recruitment um, trends or strategies that is the unlimited you're looking at? Is it first-time workers is, or are you looking for matured, uh, experienced agents? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a mixture, Rod. I think, um, you know, for certain campaigns, you want to bring in, you want to bring in people that have got experience, particularly some of the trickier campaigns. But, um, you know, we, we, we definitely target, um, you know, a lot of young, skilled individuals, first-time job seekers. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a robust uh, leadership program that we put our agents through, a robust training program. 
um, you know, really get them embedded into the culture. Um, we have an incredible skills skills um, program that we put our agents through that you know develop them and, and, and kind of grow them as as not just sales agents, but we when we look at our sales agents, we we look for potential leadership. We like to grow our leadership from within and not bring in. You know, you need to bring in sometimes some some leadership from the outside, but we really believe in building leadership from within, from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. So we start that leadership journey really early. And I think that's what some of the stuff that maybe sets us apart is our focus on on leadership and growth. It's a, it's a strong drive for us, not just sales performance. Um, you know, we see the potential in every single agent that comes in. We see their potential and, and monitor. And if they're hungry to grow, we, we want to walk that journey with them and, and develop them and grow them. And, and I think that's a really big part of, of of our offering and why why the unlimited is attractive place for, for agents to work mm. well i'll have to come down and uh, feel that energy sooner or later and uh, let's focus now to the us have you penetrated us or looking at it with eager eyes um, yes engaged with uh, some of the difficulties and the different nuances that the us buyer has in mind What's been your experience then? Yes, um, so we we are definitely setting ourselves up for the, for the US. Um, it's definitely something we want to go after. I mean, we've got 350 million people there. It's a massive market, first world market. Um, lots of opportunity into the US. We are currently in discussion with three different um, potential partners um, to get a foothold into into the US. I think one of the one of the big learnings for us is the compliance and all the regulation I mean, each state's like getting into a new country <laughs> you yeah know, there's, there's federal compliance and then the state compliance so you know for a business that's not operating in that space and and doesn't have experience in there that's been you know that's been quite a learning for us we've had to partner with um, you know, legal guys in the US and, and kind of navigate some of that so yeah that's been an interesting learning but we've we've worked through a lot of that and and through strategic partners with you know, the partnerships with the right people, I think we've, we've crossed some of those hurdles. Um, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, 18 months, two years ago, it was a long shot um, winning the American business, but you know, engaging with some of the local BPOs and particularly at the conference down in Cape Town a couple of weeks ago, um, it seems that the American work is really starting to flow. And of course, the more that comes in, the more it sort of underlines and supports the value proposition. So. I think we can yes. look forward to seeing a lot more of that coming through. Yes, um, I mean, yeah. Okay, go for it. No, I mean, to your point, obviously we've had some success in the UK and when we reached out to some of our partners in the US, we we weren't sure of the response, but to your point, I think the, the appetite for moving into SA is growing. I mean, I've been quite surprised with, with the response coming out of the US to do work out here. Um, I mean, your point around winning U.S. as more other, as more BPOs win U.S. campaigns, that's just going to build more trust, more credibility into that market, and um, I think we'll all benefit from that. So exciting times ahead, for sure. Which, which brings us to the sort of master plan target that uh, is reinforced every year at the conference: um, 2030, 500,000 BPO agents. How does that ring with you? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a lovely big goal. I love big goals personally, so I think that's a that's a fantastic goal. Um, and there's 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 enough skill set in this country. There's enough young labour, uh, skilled labour, 
um, the technologies here, there's absolutely no reason why we couldn't hit those targets. Um, what we will need to do though as an industry is work together. I think you know, working in isolation won't, won't serve us and um, we need to work together, we need to partner together a lot more, uh, share skills and um, it's, it's, it's lovely that we've given ourselves as an industry such a big goal because we will all benefit from that and we all get behind that. It's great. Big, yeah, excellent. Um, one of the elephants in the room for me, anyway, personally, my observation is that whilst we have an almost unlimited, excusing the pun, source of supply of young agents, enthusiastic, coming through with the right attitudes, aptitudes, etc., um, and they get into our industry. Great stuff. What about the team leaders, the middle layer, team leaders, supervisors, QAs, etc.? Is that not going to be a pressure point for us? It it will be if we're not deliberate about it. Um, mm -hmm. We've we've and I, I just want to circle back to what I said earlier. Setting an, an, a youngster up with sales skills is one thing. You, in parallel, you have to. We have to um, develop leaders. We have to have leadership programs in place and quality leadership programs that can develop leadership out of these young talents. Um, we can't just hammer away at sales skills. You know, the ability to lead a team, lead other people, is, is a skill that needs to be taught, needs to be learned. Um, we can't just hope it happens. So, you know, leadership development programs is is a real key focus for us, uh, both in our domestic business and our international business. And it's exactly to your point. Uh, we recognise that a lot of the skill set sits at a team leader, a sales manager level and we've got to grow that skill set um, in parallel my, with obviously agents. agents my concern set. there is it's one thing to set up training and programs and induction programs and mentoring programs etc etc um, but in my opinion you, you you can't train or buy experience yes now if i look at agent um, agent to team leader in the UK is running around three to four, maybe even five years before they make that jump. Yep. Um, in the States, it's uh, around about three years. In South Africa, it's 18 months. Mm -hmm. uh, are we not, because of our growth and, and the necessity to reinforce that middle management, layer, are we not promoting too soon, too early? Uh, look, I think, yeah, I mean, we, Probably as because we're growing at the pace we're growing at, you know, we're under pressure to 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 promote and, and kind of get that middle layer because the industry is growing so fast. Um, I don't think 18 months, you know, is if, if you've got the right leadership programs in place and, and you're deliberate and you're exposing that agent to the right um, lessons and and, and there's, you know there's a program that's that's a quality enough program. I think I think you I experience shows you can get guys to a team leader position okay. 18 months. I don't think it's I don't think it's too short. Look, I think another thing is that, you know, the churn in the industry needs to be addressed as well. Um, you know, a lot of youngsters see working in a BPO as uh, a stepping stone to something else. Um, and we need to turn working in a BPO into a career, an aspirational career, where you're paid well, you're looked after, and you can climb a ladder and, and achieve great things. And, and that's certainly what we try and put out there, is this is not a stepping stone into something else. Um, and if we are able to offer that as an industry, then, then people, people will stick and the, and the quality people in the industry will stick. 
And when they hit team leader or sales manager positions, they, they see that as, as career and they see that as a place I want to be and I'm getting paid well, I'm getting remunerated well. Um, and, then, and then some of that churn, because that's one of the challenges is that as people grow and they get some skills, they churn. They take those skills elsewhere into other industries. And we've got to change that perception. Or into competitive um, operators in the, in the area. Yeah, Ex exactly, exactly. And you know, if we look at you know Cape Town versus KZ versus Gauteng, I know you guys are based there, firmly on the hill down at Umschlange. Yes. Um, do you have views to perhaps establish in any of the other geographies? And, yes, and so also, whilst we're on that, let's just throw yes. in the curveball there of. Uh, there were some interesting presentations down at the PESA conference about Tier 2 and Tier 3 uh, municipal locations for satellite um, operations, you know, taking the call centre to the labour pools. And your views on that would be quite interesting. Well, I, well let me just unpack, because I, I mentioned earlier we've got 12 call centres. So we obviously are set up in Mshlanga, that is the hub, and it makes a lot of sense to have an operation out of Mshlanga. But we've actually positioned a lot of our call centers in, um, you know, in what you describe as tier two, tier three municipalities. Mm -hmm. So we've got a call center as an example in Port Chepston. Um, we've got one in Peter Maritzburg. We've got one in the Mamsatotsi. Um, you know, we've got one in Morningside. So we've and, and I didn't that know was, any of that, so that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, so, okay. so, well, mean, what sort of scale do you have in those? So they 30 to 50 seaters um, okay. and the thinking there is, you know, there's a there's a wonderful talent pool there that can't find work and you're not in, there's wonderful advantages to be in a place like Umschlange. There's a lot of talent there, there's a lot of skilled agents there, um, you know, the infrastructure's there, uh, you know, your clients want to come into a place like Umschlange, so there's a lot of advantages. But there's also some adv real advantages in being in some of the outlying areas yeah. around young, young talent that you can access. There's no competition out there, so you're not getting the agent churn. Um, these guys are hungry to work. These, these young men and women are hungry to work. Um, they're thankful to get work. And, and we, we have some wonderful people from those particular areas. And then, of it's course, we've got, to hear that. Yeah, we got... Yeah, we also have um, three call centers up in, up in Joburg. So we do have a presence in Johannesburg. But again, we, you know, one's in the West Rand, one's in the East Rand, and we've got one down south. So we haven't gone, you know, into the into central Johannesburg. We, we're more on the outskirts where you take the to, to the labor yeah. pools. Okay, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I was fascinated down in Cape Town and met with some people um, looking at places like Meisner, George, mm. even Plettenberg Bay. Or say even Plettenberg. I think I could take a job down there running a call center. Um, oh, that's a good but there certainly <laughs> seems to be a, a trend that we've overcome almost a prejudice of four, four or five years ago where now it's all got to be consolidated in the hubs, the three main hubs. But uh, uh, yeah. so I'm glad to hear you've got some up here in Kateng as well. I mean, I've got to fly my flag here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, there's wonderful skills up there and then a lot of a lot of talented youngsters that are hungry to grow their careers and you, you need to go where they are. And then you mentioned Cape Town, that's definitely on the cards, um, probably in the next year or two. Um, we'll look to, to tap into, into the Cape as well. We've got face-to-face -face offices down in Cape Town. We've got three face-to-face three -face direct sales offices, but yeah, no telesales presence down there, but certainly in the next year or two, yeah, 
Well, once again, I'm seeing those, I wouldn't call them exactly micro call centers, but they're a couple of 200, 300 seaters sort of getting out into Stellenbosch or that area uh, yes. outside of the main CBD zones down there. So, yeah. so yeah, all of this is pointing to our 500,000 agents by 2030. Uh, I'm hopefully going to be around to see that figure actually happen. And uh, hopefully they'll wheel me into the Vapesa Conference 2013 to say, oh, we did it. <laughs> a big bottle of champagne and big celebration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and some uh, Jamisons, perhaps, just to round things off. Um, yeah. As we head for wrap on this one, um, Magic Wand stuff, what, do you, in your opinion, should we, as a South African industry, which you guys are serious players and up and coming on the international, what should we be doing more of or less of um, to ensure that we win all that, that work from the UK, States and elsewhere, Australia maybe, but a difficult nut to crack, we'll talk about that separately. Yeah. But uh, what should we be doing more of? And, and what are the deficits in, let's call it the South African value proposition? Yeah, I think that's a good question, um, Rod. Um, look, I think there's definitely a perception amongst um, global clients, particularly people that haven't interacted with the SA before around some of the challenges that SA has. I mean, it's not a secret. I mean, we've got, you know, we've got crime issues, we've got load shedding issues, um, and there's, you know, there's political bits and pieces. My view is um, you can either not talk about it and then those clients will create a perception. I mean, you just have to jump on Google and, and that stuff will pop up or you get ahead of it and you say, you know, yes, we have some of these challenges, but this is what we're doing about it. This is how we're getting around it. Um, we get out, we get those clients out here so that every client we have brought out onto SA um, mm. has gone, you know what, th those those issues actually aren't as bad as what I thought they were when I when I heard about them or I read about them. Um, it's actually very safe to walk around in Schlanger. You know, the load shedding is not an issue. You set yourself up so that it's not an issue. So. I, th I think we need to get ahead of those things. Otherwise, clients, potential clients, they'll sit offshore, they'll have a perception, and, and it's, that perception is not, re not always a reality of what's going on. So I think that's, that's definitely one thing we, we really need to get ahead of. Um, I think another big play everybody's talking about it is AI and tech and where that's going. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a massive theme that's coming up out of the UK. Guys in the US are speaking about it. I think there's parts of it that are, are still really unknown, but we certainly don't want to be left behind um, in that. We, we, as an industry in SA, need to be front runners in that. We need to be ahead of that. We need to we need to be using some of that tech where, where it's relevant. And I think that's a whole discussion on its own. Is this is this world of AI and what's what's real and what's just you know just some fancy fluffy words? <laughs> I think there's a yep, mixture there's, of there's a lot of that going around. But there's um, a mixture of that. But yeah, I think I think technology and AI is going to be a massive theme for the next five years, five ten years, and um, it would be it would be really powerful if if um, as a South African industry we were, we were leading that. So I think those well, are two big ones for me. Yeah, there's as you know, there's a lot of work happening in the background um, through initiatives driven by the likes of Harambe, Collective X, etc. To to drive that digital skills um, development. And as you said, we need it quickly. We need to accelerate that you know, going forward. Yeah. Um, but you, you touched on something, you know, AI and bots, etc. 
Um, there's some interesting research coming out of Contact Babel in the UK of the upturn in voice um, into contact centers, particularly in the last six or 12 months, uh, where it had declined to a point where it was acting, I watched that figure very carefully, dropped below 50% was voice. And it's now in certain uh, verticals, it's turning and it's yes. almost up to 60% again. Um, and the prognosis is that it's over-botterization and consumer kickback to badly executed AI. Let's call it yes. that. Yes. Your take on that? Uh, I'm not surprised. I, I, I think some of the technologies are are not ready. I think they, I, th I think they will be in, in you know three to five years, but they they're just not ready. The quality of of what they offer is is not there and and a human wants to speak to a human at the end of the day for, for a lot of the interactions so i think there will always be a place for the human and uh some of the technology is wonderful and we're using some of it and it's um it really does it, it it's 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 high quality and it and it works and it helps us and it makes us more efficient uh, it reduces cost and i can see the advantage but some of it i think has been pushed pushed into the industry and it's not quite ready yeah particularly, particularly some of the ar voice stuff it's it's Dangerously right. not ready, yeah. yeah. Um, I had an opportunity come across my desk oh, three or four months ago, a US opportunity, 1,000 FTEs they wanted, 7 mm -hmm. by 24, um, just to handle digital failure in a major account in the, in the US um, because the customer kickback to the systems was mm -hmm. such that they were losing massive amounts. Um, sadly, it was capped at a ridiculously low cost per productive hour. And that yeah. campaign actually went to Ghana. Um, okay. But it was a thousand FTE, but you know, at a ridiculous fee. But, but uh, I think it points to it. There's another campaign, no names again. Um, I was invited down to Cape Town for the opening of a new center. 50 agents handling uh, digital failure in the UK, switching yes. you know, to voice support. Um, a little over a year later, there's nearly a thousand agents on that site. Because um, that's the volume which has just gone up. And I know there's rumors that um, the likes of Ofcom will be implementing regulations around AI enabled self-service uh, with a, almost a mandatory voice breakout. And so, which that could be really good news for our industry here in South Africa. I think. Yes. So, yes. Um, well, that's 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 positive. AR creating human jobs. It's wonderful. Yeah. So <laughs> let's uh, let's keep an eye on that. And yes. Sean, we're wrapping up the year. We're wrapping up this session. Um, what are you, your personal plans going going ahead into the new year? What, where are we going to see the unlimited flying that flag? Yeah, we've got um, two two new campaigns kicking off the first week of January. So we've got a we've got a really quick quick start into January first week. Um, so you know we'll get a bit of a Christmas break, but um, yeah, early start for us, which is really exciting. So still focusing in on the UK. We've still got some wonderful opportunities in the UK, and then a big play for us will be into the US, probably in quarter one, quarter two next year, and then um, yeah, keep keep growing from there. So a really busy, busy and exciting year ahead of us in uh, 2024. 
Well, water. let's fly the Bring BPO to SA flag. You'll see a lot more of that brand coming through, and particularly into the new year. Brilliant. And I'm just looking at my calendar here. I think I might be able to just spend a few days down in KZ by the sea in late January, early February. So I'd love to see the operation and shoot Always the breeze a bit and uh, yep. catch a beer or two in the lighthouse bar at the Oyster Box. Plug for the Oyster Box. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you're welcome anytime. We'd love to love to have you down in KZN. Great stuff. Any last words uh, about our industry? Anything to do with BPO? Uh, yeah, just, just you know, just watching also the PESA awards, um, watching how well some of the some of our fellow BPO players are doing. Um, you know, every deal that's that's cracked in every international deal is a win for all of us. It just creates more trust. Uh, creates more credibility and we all went off the back of it and uh, just an exciting time in SA, exciting time to be in the BPO space. Um, Great stuff. Well, yeah. I look forward to uh, seeing you in the new year, but in the meantime, have a very uh, relaxed, uh, chilled December and uh, be ready for the storm in the new year. I look forward to that. Thanks, Rod. Thanks for the, thanks for the chat. It's been, it's been great. Thank you for joining this episode. I hope that you enjoyed the content. Please subscribe for more regular industry news and updates. And for more information about the remarkable Corby Speech Analytics solution and how this low-cost technology can significantly improve your contact center's performance and compliance, please email me or visit the Corby website at corby.io or you can find Corby on LinkedIn. And always remember, dial with a smile.